Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. This is episode 54, and I'm Jen McMillan. And I'm Zach, and we are back again. And thank you again for tuning in. We love that you are listening and we love hearing that people are still listening. We are still striving to do better and try to make these more regular. But wow, I guess the last couple months flew by there. <laughs> we definitely Here meant we to get one out and another one out in 2023. But yeah, we're in 2024 and hope everybody had a great holiday season. And yeah, we think we got some good stuff coming at you today yes um what have we been up to it's the first week kind of back to work after the holidays yeah generally our i feel like our christmas has been or our holiday season has been very similar the last few years we we don't really i guess we, you know we take christmas day off but we're generally mm-hmm. in the gym christmas eve boxing day we just kind of let it roll on through so for us not a whole lot has changed but we had a great time mm-hmm with family and things like that, but we've, um, yeah, just kind of powered through, I guess, mm-hmm. which we like. Yes. Sometimes we take. However, we do. I thrive on <laughs> regular routine, so I was yes. very excited about January second and uh, kind of just getting back into regular life and schedules and routines. But time off is good too. Mm-hmm. We booked some time off at the end of the month for us, so maybe we didn't need the time off. Yeah, that's true. You know, in December, we, we kind of have our, Break we're looking forward up. to our, our time off at the end of the month. So still good to have time off and recharge, mm-hmm. I think, uh, as long as we do it properly, maybe. I always feel like it's good to relax and recharge or whatever we need to do, but we also shouldn't hate ourselves after or not like it or mm-hmm. dread going back to the gym or things mm-hmm. like that. So we generally like... Or let it derail everything for the next four months. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully that's not you and hopefully you took some time with family and enjoyed yourself a little bit for sure. But, you know, I think the people that are around us that maybe took one or two days off of their maybe regular eating, regular working out are kind of right back into it and are feeling great. Again, speaking from experience, I've done the seven days of nothing and eaten too much (laughs) and drank too much. And it's just, it's usually just not great on the other end. So hopefully we've struck a good balance there and, yeah, we're uh, we're already crushing it in 2024. I think we're going to talk about that a bit. Hey, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, other updates right now? Uh, what are you reading these days? I am reading a book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And one second. And I'm back. I just had to run to my room to grab the book because... <laughs> It is Jocko Willink, but it's also Leif Babin. Um, they are both, both were Navy SEALs, and yeah, it's a great book. It's kind of a, about all their experiences with the military and Navy SEALs and being in Iraq and all the stuff they've gone through. And it's, yeah, it's a book about leadership and kind of how it translates to the business world, I guess. So yeah, I didn't want to leave out the other author there, but um, Jocko Willink also, the first time I ever came across him was, he has like a really good TED talk where he, I'm not sure if it's 10, 15, 20 minutes long, um, but if you search 
Jocko Willink TED Talk on YouTube. It'll come up, and he kind of talks about a similar story that maybe maybe was in chapter one or two, uh, but a pretty important thing that happened over there and how he's taken that lesson and applied it to, I guess, regular life or the business world. So um, he's a, it was a very good TED Talk. So if you're, I guess, interested in this book or him, you could, you could check out that TED Talk. But um, it's kind of also related to the Instagram post that I made today that says, I'm holding up a post-it pad that says, you are responsible for you. Essentially, what that is what extreme ownership is, is just taking responsibility for everything in your life. And yeah, great book so far, if you're into that stuff. That's fun. I didn't know you made that post. I'm kind of excited to see what you're Yeah, what I think you it's wrote. a great social media post. I also said to Jen today too, and I want to say this to everybody listening, or every time you see a social media post that whenever we, Jen and I like to think that we are chatting with each other, or we are chatting with each other, and we're chatting with you, but we're, it's from a point of, we're not really like preaching, like do this, do this, do this. It's kind of like, we generally reflect on things we believe in because we've been through it ourselves. So I, I, if you listen to this podcast or see our stuff on social media, you should take from a perspective of it's like my personal journal or our diary where we're, we're essentially kind of talking to ourselves in a way. So when I say you are responsible for you, it's, it's often a reminder to myself as well. Like, so we're not, we're not sitting here perfect and have all these things down and then just telling the whole world how they should behave. It's kind of a reminder to ourselves on how to think and behave. And that way we all kind of get better together. That's awesome. Thank I, you. <laughs> I am maybe a hundred pages into my book and it is the second book in a series and I might have to get Zach to also go and get it. Can you go get it for me? <laughs> so this is purely fantasy, nothing to do with uh, business or mindset or anything, but it is lovely. However, the books are about 800 pages and I got it from the library and it's very popular so of course someone has requested it, which means I can't renew it, which means I'm going to have to find someone to borrow me a copy that weighs 10 pounds. <laughs> That's the biggest book ever. <laughs> Sometimes Jen's reading at night and she has to like take an arm uh, break. Yes, it'd have to. Anyways, but I just, uh, yeah, I maybe should try a Kindle or something. Anyways, it's House of Sky and Breath, a Crescent City novel. This is the series, the Crescent City um, series by Sarah J. Moss and it is just awesome. There's like vampires and witches and drugs and just a whole bunch of stuff. Fae and different groups and cities and it's like Harry Potter on it's, cocaine. Yeah, it's basically a very adult version of uh, of Harry Potter or Twilight. Was Twilight, yes, exactly. Anyways, um, it was recommended to me, and when I saw the first book, the 800 pages, <laughs> I thought I'm never gonna get through this. But I did, and here I am on Bic 2. So I will get as far as I can, give it back to the library, and... I find we both go through... We definitely go through phases of... Fiction and nonfiction. Yeah, just yeah. naturally, because it was the other way for a while. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of done with... I felt like I was reading before bed, and it was feeling like a chore, and I'm you know, reading about whatever, coaching mm -hmm. and leadership, and it starts to almost like... It's like the workday keeps going, so I needed yeah. that Star Wars, Harry Potter phase. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like... I, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in, I've, and haven't been like a big reader my whole life, but I generally have 
a book or two on the go and it mm-hmm. might take me six months to read if I had that 800 page book eight years to read yeah um but just kind of yeah I don't know we always kind of have something a little on the go that helps us you know in your case when you're reading fiction I don't know if it's the same for me it's just it's nice to have a brain escape yes exactly from the day or yeah it helps me go to sleep for sure and mm-hmm. then there's other times where I guess right now it's I don't know sharpening the mind Yes, I I do have a book, another book on my nightstand by Chris Cooper called Founder, Farmer, Tinker, Thief, which are the four phases of entrepreneurship. Um, And it is great and it's very applicable to what we do. It's basically written for gym owners. However, I was reading it and two things were happening. One, I kind of started feeling as I was going to bed. not stressed out because it wasn't real stress, but just feeling like I should have had more done than I had done based on his book in these phases. And then I was also generating all these ideas of like, oh, what we could do or like what I should look at. And so it, it kind of just got to the point where it wasn't super relaxing before bed because it was almost firing up my brain when I was trying to shut down my brain. <laughs> yes. Which, <laughs> Which is, is kind of what great, you just said. Yeah. The great thing with fiction books. Yes. However, there was also a big thing about fiction books and maybe I've already said this but they say that by reading fiction even with kids it really allows them to like practice it's like practicing different situations and reading about how those situations are interpreted in people's actions and reactions and so right even fiction um, yeah we talked about that even fiction books make you a better person yes because you have ability to empathize yeah there's yes, some sort of exactly. study done, done on was that it, in the grit book? I forget where that came from. Um, I think it was from this the stolen focus book. My actually. sentence just came from you. Oh, because you chat about this one day on how it. You said it increases a person's ability to empathize because of something. But yeah, it's like practicing, like reading the the situation and putting your ability putting in, in that. other people's shoes yes, and exactly. characters or something. So. If that was, yeah, if that was a real study, that's mm-hmm. fascinating. But um, yeah, so yeah, even even if you're reading fiction, you're becoming a better human. Mm-hmm. Or it's also okay to realize that maybe the nonfiction, like you might need a break from it just because sometimes it has the opposite effect of what we're intending to do. Um, another thing that I've been just loving lately. So E.C. Sinkowski had a podcast And it was all about um, Optimal Agency with the creator of Optimal Agency. Uh, You can find them at optimalagency.co. And it's all about health, wealth, and time and sort of manipulating those three things to create your own optimal agency or freedom or um, whatever you want to call it. So health, wealth, and time are there. Health, wealth, and time. Like there are three pillars, they mm-hmm. call it, or are there three? So it says, systematically increase your health, wealth, and time, building all three until you are no longer beholden to employers, unnecessary stress, deferred dreams, and the soul-crushing weight of a life spent pursuing someone else's goals. So basically just getting you to where you want to be. And so those um, those three. So they have a little questionnaire. So if you are subscribed to our newsletter, you will probably get a link to that uh, this month because that's what I'm going to write about. But I took the questionnaire and I mean, um, spoiler alert, you should know what you're going to get on the questionnaire. (laughs) You probably have a fairly good idea of what your lowest is going to be and what your highest is going to be. And 
uh, they talk about how different phases of life, you know, you're young, you don't really have any money, but you have all the health in the world or, you know, you're older, Lots of time, I guess, you so. have maybe a lot more money, but your health is kind of declining. And so really just maximizing all of those through all phases and not really. One of the things I love is that he doesn't really give, um, uh, I guess, or allow excuses in any period to really sacrifice one over the other. So it's not that it's perfect at all times, but, you know, there was this example of someone doing an MBA and, you know, she was saying, you know, this, this is taking a lot more time. So, you know, I'm not going to the gym anymore. I'm not doing all these things and I'm not eating well because I'm studying more. And he really just flat out was like, no, (laughs) that's not the way, (laughs) which I kind of loved. Um, and he said, it's definitely maybe not the time in your life to start training for a marathon, or maybe you're not going to the gym for an hour a day, but certainly doesn't allow you or doesn't give you, um, the permission to just not work out at all. And so finding a, you know, a very effective dose for you, whether it be 20 minutes with a dumbbell or finding the program that you can fit in, making sure that you're getting your sleep and eating well because you're under all this stress. So I just, I found the whole thing very refreshing because um, I feel like a lot of our world and success in quotation marks is based on wealth. That's kind of wealth and things and it's status. Very, yeah, it's and very like, it's like three simple categories that kind of represent our lives. Health, like I never mm-hmm. really thought, oh yeah, health, wealth, and time. Like mm-hmm. yeah, kind of all three are important. I feel like we've been talking about it a lot yeah they just simplify it with their, and they just yeah. yeah this whole idea is and i mean obviously we're like yeah we're, we're heavy into the well whatever we're we're talking about everything these days i guess but i, I yeah i also enjoy the there's just no excuse good enough to not take care of yourself mm-hmm. and, that, and that's perfect it's like okay yeah you're not doing you're not doing 60 minute or 90 minute workouts but mm-hmm. you can't just abandon that health category altogether mm-hmm. just like you can't pour it all into well you can't pour it all into health either and then you got no time yes, with your family exactly and people it's say just, oh it's all you know, how balance. would you overdo health well you know training multiple times a day um you know buying unnecessary supplements uh you know counting every single calorie and limiting social functions because you're worried about caloric intake so there is ways to overdo in every single category right so yeah striking good balance there mm-hmm. but yeah i also like the um yeah, the, the, I guess the brutal honesty with that example that mm-hmm. he must have gave her. Is that mm-hmm. true? But um, remember that one day we were talking about, like, I said, uh, you know, tough love, you know, and there's a thing out like, oh, people, some people don't do well with tough love. And I, and I was saying that because in this situation, oh, that, like, there's some tough love, but tough love is, tough love is just honesty. Tough love is just the truth. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, we should all be good at handling tough love because it's not tough. It's just love and truth. If you really Mm -hmm. think about it, it's just something honest that somebody said that you didn't like to hear. Mm -hmm. So it gets perceived as tough love, but Mm -hmm. we should almost just remove that altogether and just like, okay, who doesn't love honesty? Yeah. Who doesn't need honesty? I'm saying that person needed, needed to hear Mm -hmm. like, Again, and as long as it's coming, I guess, from the right person with the right message, because I guess somebody could be like, no, you need to be in the gym two hours a day. And like, that's not someone you need to listen to then. But I'm saying if somebody is reasonable and someone you look up to, Mm -hmm. 
And in this situation, like, yeah, I think we respect them and this person called in. So clearly they listen as well. But Mm -hmm. that's just some honesty and probably someone's being honest. It's coming from a loving place. But anyway, I I just kind of, I don't really like that term tough love and people can take it or not take it. I'm just like, we should all be able to handle some just good old fashioned honesty. Mm -hmm. Well, and it would be like, I mean, no one's ever come into the office and said, you know, Jen, I really value your opinion. Like, give it to me straight. Like, you know, what do you, what do you think I could do better? Or, you know, where am I at with, you know, just most people, especially, you know, if we're they want going to talk about, you know, nutrition. Yeah. yeah. They want mostly approval for excuses. Yes. Um, and Every, I mean, saying just in general, not just yes. the people, we're not talking about anybody around us. I'm saying in general, yes. people don't want honesty. They want approval for the way they're kind of doing things. Yeah. And hey, like it's okay that I didn't come, you know, that I didn't work out for a month, right? Like I yeah. was kind of like busy at work. Like that, that's what yeah. the girl kind of wanted that approval. Mm-hmm. And essentially we should not, you know, we should kind of seek out some like helpful advice, not yeah. approval for things we're not, you know. Yes. Hey, is it okay? Like, you know, I don't know. I'm busy and I'm tired. Like I don't really walk my dog very much. Like, do we want approval? Like that's being a good dog owner, or mm-hmm. do we want someone to say, "Listen, you bought the dog, yeah, or adopted the dog." I'm saying part of the job is, you know, if you want to be a good dog owner, walk your dog. So I feel, just sometimes feel like, yeah, we need a little bit more of. Yeah, and I think that's also right. Extreme ownership. There we that's go. That's also on me, and I'm. I think you know I'm a much better nutrition coach now than I was when I started. Because I think when you when you start, you are you know, horrified to upset anyone. Yes. <laughs> now I think I'm in a bit more place because it is it's coming from a really calm and caring place and it's it's not an attack at all. It's just Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's personal good. That, development. And good link back to extreme ownership. Yes. And we're also gonna That um, wasn't even we're gonna notes. give it to you straight in a bit here. That's yeah. our main segment of the WWJD WWZD <laughs> is how you say that letter. That'll be our uh, segment later on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and actually, since we haven't done a podcast in a while, I don't know if people are getting sick of the books I've read or not read, but <laughs> we're here, so it's too late. Oh, uh, Someone's at our door because <laughs> Poppy is barking. We'll do a slight pause here, everybody. All righty, we are back, everybody. Real life here at the McMillan house. Mm-hmm. Poppy likes to bark when people come to the door. Um, what were we talking about? I was talking about the, I guess the last book that I read, it's been a while since we podcasted. The last book I read is probably one of my, also one of my new favorite books and it's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. So if you're into becoming a more gritty person uh, or helping people with grit, um, yeah, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Jen read it first and then I think maybe a month later mm-hmm. I picked it up and, um, yeah, it, it's just great couple things that I remember most from the book, the stories that I want to share today that I, I found were fascinating in the book was they, one of the, this wasn't just her, this is either research she's done or research that was done in the 70s, 80s, 90s. But the one little study that they did was they took a group of kids. I can't remember what grade it was. Do you remember this study? Uh, tell me more. Well, there was like a classroom of kids. Let's just say there was 20 kids and they got them to essentially solve a problem okay and, the, and then so the fastest 10 
who solved it went into group A. So, and the ones who couldn't solve it, the, you know, the slowest 10 went into group B. So kind of group A is the smart group, let's say, for the sake of this. I think that, you know, so what they did with group A, the ones who solved the problem the fastest is they were giving all the kids more problems to solve and they just kept telling group A, wow, you're so smart, you're so smart, you're so smart. And they kept telling group B, wow, you guys are such hard workers. You are such hard workers. You are great problem solvers. And then what, they hap what happened over time was group B started outperforming group A. Problem after problem, group A was getting lazier and lazier because they were the smart kids being told they were smart. And the group B started outperforming group A because they, they were getting told they're the hard workers. They're the problem solvers. So the point of that chapter in her book was being gritty or being successful is it's way more important to be a person who never gives up and works hard mm -hmm. than a person who is labeled smart or let's just say naturally natural, gifted. Yeah. Yes. And that's what she was trying to prove that, that essentially the group B was becoming the gritty group the hard workers, the problem solvers, and just the language alone was enough to mm -hmm. change the results. So that was super cool. So mm -hmm. when we talk, I'm saying, and again, if you've said this, no worries, but like Jen and I, we don't say to Paxton, you're so smart. We work hard because from this book and from other things, it's like the words we use to talk to people, like they have major, major influence. Mm -hmm. So we, we say things like, like, wow, that picture is amazing. You must have worked so hard on that picture. And when she does something that amazes us, instead of us saying, wow, you're so smart, we say, wow, you are such a hard worker and mm -hmm. you are a great problem solver. I basically take the language right out yeah. of that book. And, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a little thing. But based, like after reading it from that book, you're like, whoa, like you just, you don't realize how powerful those, mm -hmm. those words are. Um, so that, that was one, one part of the book that I really liked that, developing grit yeah much more important than just being born smart um and the other thing that i guess probably where this whole grit idea was born based on what i read in the book was that they were having a tough time you know this was in 70s 80s and even with her they're having a tough time figuring out what what does produce success for people and so they did this long study um, with high school kids because basically what they were finding was that an, an SAT score was not having a great correlation yeah. of how well they were going to do next phase. And they did the same thing like with the militaries that these great scores of... Like academically. Yes. It was not really showing how well they were going to do problem solving in the next phase. So... They ran this long, really, really long study with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids um, and basically took all this data from high school and then how did it translate in college? And what they found was, yeah, the SAT score was not a great predictor of how they were going to do. And basically the only thing they could find in there was a category called follow through, which was the definition is very close to the definition of grit. So this was like, I think in the 70s, 80s, 80s. So a category called follow through was actually showing 
um, it was a good correlation with how they were going to do in college. It was a great predictor. So follow through is essentially how she, you know, defines grit. So grit and follow through is essentially the same thing. And, and follow through was these kids ability or the fact that they were in, they were doing extracurricular activities for more than a year and they were sticking with it and also like seeing some success in that area. So basically it could have been sports. It could have been um, drama art. Yes. Um, even she was saying, even just having a job, you Mm -hmm. know, a grade nine, 10 kid having a job for multiple summers in a row and then maybe moving up to the manager of the shift. Like, so that's, you know, seeing success in that area, but just, the SAT scores weren't the best predictor. It was this idea that, you know, people could do one or two activities outside of school and stick with it for longer than basically a year or longer, I think is where it really started to shine through. So Mm -hmm. I thought those two examples and um, studies were very cool. Yeah, I love that. And it seems like so simple, but you'd know like after a year, it's probably when even now and as an adult, you're kind of like, okay, like the, the, even at the gym, let's say like in the beginning, it's all like, it's just, oh, this is new. And like, oh, this is exciting. Once you've been doing it for a year, I mean, burpees are burpees and lifting is lifting and you kind of have to just start doing it and, and maybe start to dig in a little bit more. So I think staying past that year makes, yeah, that, that does make sense that you're going to have to endure some. Yeah, great examples for us adults and also mm-hmm. to pass on to kids, I guess, as mm-hmm. well, or um, parents. But just like, again, grades, like, it's not like that stuff doesn't matter, but it wasn't the greatest predictor. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was what they were calling grit or follow through, which essentially is sticking with it, not giving up, right? I mean, we would say the same example for what's the number one predictor for someone doing well in your gym as far as seeing results? And I'm like, after reading that book and all the definition, I'm like, oh, it's grit. It's, it's just not, not quitting the moment things get tough. Like it's mm-hmm. basically handling adversity or, yeah, it's, so it's just, it's interesting how, yeah, all that is very applicable well, to everything. Yeah, and I think even going back to the language, like as a coach, you can really, I wish I had little speakers of what everyone was saying to themselves in like during workouts. But the, the reality is I don't even really need them because facial expressions tell a lot. And I can tell the, I can tell the people that are saying, Oh, you're so bad at this. Like, why are you so slow? You're so slow. I can, I can see that on their face and I can tell the people that are thinking, okay, you got this. Okay. Just stick with it. Okay. One more breath. Here we go you know, and like, Hey, just one more round. I can do it. You know, and I can, I can see that on their faces. And then, you know, I can also see the people that are like, I wonder what I should do later, (laughs) but that's okay too. (laughs) But that, that negative feedback, I mean, people can say it to you, but I think you saying it to yourself is even worse. So you giving yourself the, wow, you know, after every single workout, wow, I worked hard today. And but that you're reinforcing that for yourself and you're starting to train your brain that you are a hard worker. You can do hard things instead of the opposite uh, Just, mentality. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Keep going with things that are good for you. We, we keep going. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's it on the books for now. Yeah. Let's get into main segment. Yeah. What would 
Right. So Zach slash Jen do. Yeah. Um, this idea was born a little while ago, but mostly today <laughs> as I was thinking about maybe some fun things to talk about. But sometimes I, you know, as we are like the head honchos at the gym, I guess. Right. So we're we're kind of the people at the top. This is our gym and it's kind of our messaging and it's it's our social media and it's our podcast. And, you know, we're and there's a kind of a lot a lot on our shoulders on how we want to present information and there's totally just a huge array of people we're trying to help there's so much information out there for everyone so this idea was like i said to jen someone comes to you kind of what you the example you gave yourself was someone walking in the office like i'm just saying if someone came to jen for advice and said all right i'm ready to work hard as hard as you work just give it to me straight what would jen do right it's not it's not about like oh like you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Just like, so kind of a little bit of a segment of, um, you know, we're going to go through our super six categories, mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, network. And I can pretend I'm this stranger walking in and she can pretend she's the stranger for me. But someone walks in, Jen, and they just said, all right, I'm ready to improve my mindset. What would you do? I would delete social media. Good one. I did not. Mic oh, drop. Very good. <laughs> to um, and to yeah. go on this segment, Jen and I, we don't know each other's answers yet, so we haven't. Um, we haven't pre-discussed. No, we tried to just go with our own answers, our own ideas, which is also fun. You might get the same answer or different answers, but I was not expecting that. Um, good one. Yeah, and so my rationale for that one is that social media um, and platforms generally are showing us things that are not real life so they alter our perception of real life and with all the advertising that they are all now filled with they also like to sell us a lot of problems that we may or may not actually have so if you think of every company in the world right their marketing plan is to tell you that you have a problem and then tell you that they have the solution that is everyone's marketing plan um, and so the more time we spend on these platforms, the more time we, A, are being in an illusion and two, are being bombarded with all these problems that everyone can solve. Great one. Wow. That was a good one, John. Very good answer. <laughs> uh, it's also fun too. Like, you know, I don't need to keep defending our answers here, but we, we just, yeah, these are just kind of like, we had a little bit of time to think before we started this, but. These could be perfect answers. They could not be, but I, I mm-hmm. like I like the brutal honesty of what we're doing here on what would you do, delete social media. That is a fantastic answer. Do you want me to go with the same question for you? Yeah, we'll keep going yeah. through category yeah. by category. Okay. So what would you do to improve your mindset? Or what should I do to improve my mindset? Yes. My The first thing that came to me, yeah, and again, what would I do? That's what I'm thinking, right? Right. What would Zach do? I feel like for me, a, 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 just a big turning point for mindset stuff was reading books. And I think just getting books that you enjoy. And, and for me, so if someone says, what would Zach do? I would get a copy of The Daily Stoic. And I do not work for The Daily Stoic or Ryan Holiday, so it's not a pitch. I just find it's like the simplest book to digest as you basically read one page every day. And of all of the books that I've read, and I'm, again, extreme ownership and grit. And there's lots of mindset stuff in there, and they're all fantastic. 
the Daily Stoic, I, I don't know if this is the fifth year when I got this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this is the, maybe the fifth or sixth time through this one. I can't remember. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's like a staple in our in our house. We We generally read just a page a day, and I find for improving mindset, the lessons learned in that book, they need to be learned. Mm-hmm. That's what I... So I'm thinking as far as it, like, yeah, I love yours because yours is really removing a negative from people's lives. And I think mine maybe fills that void of sitting in garbage through social media, the lessons in the daily stoic about, you know, we shouldn't be worrying about things outside of our control. Simple, simple life lessons, I, I think has really helped me over the years. So that's my, that. my, my, my mindset. Total one. transparency. Ours is in the bathroom and it really is the best place to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have it it's the best it's the time that you always have a bit of time to read a there we go yeah mindset yeah mindset tip get a copy of the daily stoic by bathroom. ryan holiday and put it in your bathroom all right jen some random person walks in and says i'm ready to go i'm ready to work what should i be doing what would you suggest or what should i be doing for exercise so what would what would jen do for movement Join Rock to Community Fitness. <laughs> um, no, I think what would Jen do is work out at with very high intensity three days a week. And by high intensity, I would include in that lifting to the maximum, like to the best of my ability, given what was um, prescribed by the coach. And also working as hard as I possibly could in a metabolic conditioning workout or a cardio piece. Um, So maximum intensity, not just running fast. I mean, maximum intensity in terms of pounds lifted, uh, body weight moved, running, rowing, whatever it was, minimum three days a week. I mean, I would do five days a week, I guess, if it were me, but. I'm going to take it from a perspective. Somebody's asking me this question from a different province, different country, because it makes my answer a bit easier because I don't mm-hmm. want to say the exact same thing as you. And yeah, let's just say somebody says, what would you do? And if it were me, I would find, I mean, yeah, similar to Jen's answer, but I mean, I would essentially find the closest three, two, three CrossFit gyms closest to you or gyms that work like ours as functional fitness gyms Mm -hmm. and i'd be hitting the daily workout very hard five days a week because that's what i started doing when i i was 26 or whatever so there are different things that work for different people but i Mm -hmm. think the point of this segment is if you're asking me what i would do Mm -hmm. i would hit the daily workout Hard five days a week, meaning just like it's just an hour, get in, get out. So it's not going to eat up your time too much. It just, it's the best bang for your buck. I truly believe it. It's why we do what we do. And there are, again, there are lots of different great options. Like someone could present their option to me and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely approve. But if you're asking me what I would do, Mm -hmm. as far as like getting the most out of your fitness, that's what I would do. I would also, I would, I would like, work my butt off to kind of goes back to grit that we should see we should have follow through and stick with it but we should see progress year after year after year so 
find people around you or your age level or whatever that are much more fit than you and grab onto their shirts and hang on for dear life. I feel like you surround yourself with people who are, you know, wonderful people who are better. They're going to help you get better quicker. So Mm -hmm. if the gym owner is super fit and knows a lot, I mean, you know, get in there and learn and, and, and kind of hang in there. I feel like that's the quickest way to the top. Um, but again, I'm, 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 what would I do? I would do what I'm doing now, which is also just, I do a class a day, five days a week. As far as my, there's more to add to the movement category. Of course, biking with your family, going to the playground, but kind of taking it from the perspective of someone trying to turn their life around and get their health and fitness going. Yes. And one of the rules, like if you look at even the world health organization or right, it's always some form of conditioning and some form of strength training. And why do we believe what we do? Because it's the best combination of both worlds. Yeah. Coach Ronimal sent me the, like the, I don't know, the new Canadian standards for fitness or health or aging well. I can't remember what the document was, but it it basically, and then he basically said, huh, it looks a lot like what we do, which is essentially two to three days a week of some good strength work, two to three days a week of low intensity, two two to three days a week of high intensity. You also be want to be working on your, you know, your flexibility, your mobility and coordinate and basically just it's exactly if yeah. you do five days a Power, week speed agility, yeah. balance yeah. if you do five agility, class yeah. a week at a gym like ours you you hit all the check marks so i think that's why we believe in it so much is it plus a gr- good group of people to add on top cherry right. on top but movement category there we go yep sleep what would you do i would be in bed at nine fifteen, read for 15 minutes and get up at the same time every day Perfect. Which is six, I would give the exact same answer. Six six thirty AM. My answer was also yeah. It should be lights out at it should be lights out at nine thirty and sleeping by ten. That's this it's just a non negotiable unless mm-hmm. you're a shift worker. Yeah. And so that that is my answer, which is essentially the same as yours, but if I'm gonna add to it to make it different to not have a cop out, just same answer as yours, is I would add very dark in the room and find the right temperature. Cool, because cool, yeah. when Jen and I started dating or started this marriage together, I was struggling in that area. And we've kind of finally figured it out where I now have a bedside fan. I have a very light blanket. You know, Jen generally runs a bit cooler so she might you know i think we used to have a big kind of big duvet so jen mm-hmm. jen liked the big duvet and now it's kind of a quilt and a blanket but now i've kind of got my own little blanket and yeah i just feel like it's done wonders for me i mm-hmm. like remember how often well, I used basically to wake up? your your body has to cool down before it goes to sleep yeah. but remember how often i used to wake up like yeah. hot and sweaty, sweaty in the night yes and just like you know it's funny like just a couple and we you know now we keep the temperature quite cool at night which also probably helps Maybe we, we turn down another degree there, but also mm-hmm. separate blanket and the little fan. Now I've just I've been having really, really wicked sleeps. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Are we still in the sleep category? Mm-hmm. 
my answer should have been mouth tape. Yes, I was gonna say. Gosh darn I it! Cannot believe you didn't go for All mouth right. tape. That I could edit this because <laughs> I have the editing software here, but <laughs> to keep it real authentic, yeah. If you are a mouth breather or a snore, you should have mouth tape. We talked about this before, but just basically, if you just take a strip of tape, like roughly even the size of your finger or two fingers. So it's not, you don't, you don't need a giant thing of duct tape, but just a little piece of tape that goes you over your say lips. like the width of your finger, Sorry, not the length right, of your finger. Right, yeah. so the width of one finger or the width of two fingers, put that over your mouth. A piece of tape just to hold your lips together while you sexy. sleep. <laughs> yeah. Generally when the mouth tape goes on, that's the end of the seducing part of the night. It usually doesn't turn around after that. Yes. I think our sex life and our mouth tape life are completely separate. <laughs> oh, that was good. Correct. Yeah. If you're trying to increase your sex frequency, I mean, I wouldn't be wearing mouth tape all the time, but anyway. No. The mouth tape actually game changer for me because I, I kind of realized, and I was listening to something, yeah, but just I was definitely a mouth breather at night and snoring, and it has definitely changed me. Yeah, my sleep there. So, geez, I got so many answers there. But <laughs> all right, someone walks into the office. What would you do with nutrition? Did we do stress yet? We didn't. Are sleep we, stress. Oh, oh, we were actually trying to go in order. Okay, sorry. That well, that's just how I remember okay. it with the letters. Okay. Can we do stress next? Sure. Am I answering? What answer? would you do about stress? Yeah. Go for a daily walk outside. No phone has to be left at home. Not even to come and listen to music or a podcast. I just, yeah, 20 fine. minutes of walking with your thoughts. And you can walk, if you want to walk with your significant other, that's fine. Or family member or whatever. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but I find my, because sometimes based on our work schedule, Jen, like we, we love walking the dogs together. And I think when we walk, I think when we go for a walk together, Again, no technology. We're just chatting. And that's also, I believe, a, a great stress reliever. Mm -hmm. But there is also something different about going for a walk completely by yourself with no technology. You just walk with your thoughts. And if you struggle with that, you will get, you'll get mm -hmm. better at it. But yeah. a lot of my good ideas come from the walks and a lot of, I don't know, self-reflecting and, and things like that. So for me, I often, like, pretty much daily, I'll go for a 20-minute walk plus... Uh, with with the dogs and just yeah I just I I will do it there's sometimes that I, I do like to walk with music I find that's good for me as well but again if we're talking about someone says what, what should I do for yeah. I'm just a 20 minute walk outside every day yeah no technology and there's there was a lot in there's that my answer book by um, the stolen focus about just quiet time for your brain and you will be so surprised at like your creative juices like all of a sudden these ideas come out and like things are like, oh, hey, like you should check. It's just it's wild when you are not suppressing it with a task, how just and even, things and that pop up in your head. Yeah. And even if they don't. Yeah. Like I think it's just like, That's true. Yeah. you know, I think, you know, the word meditation and meditating is out there. And I just remember reading one thing about it. Like there's just there's different forms of meditation. That's also in the Daily Stoic. They just mm -hmm. say the power of going for a 20 minute walk outside mm -hmm. or longer, of course. But don't break no no phone, 
no music, no podcasts. Just just try going for just a walk with your thoughts. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's my answer for stress. All right. Mine is uh, less changing of tasks. Um, mostly, I mean, for your brain, not necessarily physically. And so to get into that one a little bit is to eliminating, I guess, letting your brain focus on one thing at a time more often during the day. So if you are cooking supper, you're cooking supper, not cooking supper and checking your phone. Um, If you are working on a report at work, it's the only browser or the only window that's open. Um, You don't get pop-ups with email. You're not getting vibrations from your Apple Watch telling you when texts come in. So what happens, and I've, I am like hand way in the air that this is something that I am hugely working on. Um, but when your brain goes from, da-da-da, I'm writing an email, beep, okay, who's that? Oh, that's new. Okay, I have to go back to this email. Da-da, what was I doing? Oh, shoot, I should check my banking. And then like, buzz, oh, someone's texting me. Who's texting me? It, your brain has switched gears like five or six times in the span of a minute. And we do that all day. And so we're wondering why we're feeling so exhausted and just like burnt out, drained. It's because our brain is switching tasks way too many times, in my opinion. I think we can do better there. And I think that would have um, a big role to play on just overall feeling stressed. Yeah, that's a good one. So a little more intentional with, with your, your energy and focus with what you're doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. I really like. I, I find it a... You know, one of my biggest biggest pet peeves ever is people are in the gym for the hour and they're in class and it's a beautiful thing. They're working on their health, their exercise, but the phone is out a lot. You know, we're in the middle of a workout and now and people are, they're checking their watch in the middle of a workout. And I just, I think, oh, we can't even, we can't even give ourselves like that 20 minute workout without getting yeah, you know, and, and again, that brain switching yeah. direction. And I mean, I, I don't wear an Apple watch. I'm I just I don't think we need to be connected so much, you know, so mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of Apple watches out there. I just I wish people I think everyone would be better off. We're trying to help people with stress here. Mm-hmm. Right. This isn't tough love. This is just yeah. love and honesty that we are too connected. We're, we're we're getting pulled in too many directions. And I think, again, that'd be like going for a walk and then you get that 20 minute walk that I suggested with no technology, yeah. you get buzzed you get three, on your buzz three times. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, even if Jen's texting me and say, Hey Zach, can you pick apples up on the way home? All of a sudden I'm, I'm in my workout and I'm thinking about, Oh, mm-hmm. on the way home, I got to stop at superstore and okay, what apples am I going to buy? And where, like I'm saying, yeah. it, it just, it pulls your focus out. So I, yeah, I really enjoy ours are kind of related there. That was, that was a good one, Jen. So just, yeah, don't, I don't know. Just get focused on the thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. And don't let don't let people or things steal your time. Even if it's people you love, I'm just saying mm-hmm. like those apples can like I'm not right. I, I'm yeah. And I'm, and I, 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 I am sender, not so important that I can't just answer that text in 30 minutes when I'm done my workout. Yes, right? and as the sender of that text, I also don't need you to interrupt your walk about the apples because you'll yeah. see it when you get in the car, or you won't, and we'll live. Yeah, <laughs> if a loved one is in the hospital. Or your, or your, your wife or girlfriend or is in labor or, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's definitely situations, right? That's not a blank across the board, but I think most times, you know, I, I did have a member one time said, you know what, 
because I kind of have a thing up at the gym that says, um, you know, please no cell phones on the floor unless it's absolutely necessary. And he said, you know, I read that and I really appreciate it because he said, I'm, I, I do get very busy at work and I have this need to have my phone out there in case like a customer calls or an email comes through. But he goes, I realize that the purpose of that line is just to give yourself permission that he goes, I realize I, I can go an hour without being bothered. And mm-hmm. it was just, I, I love that. It's not me trying to treat you like an eight year old. It's, mm-hmm. it is trying to help people with the things that we know that we all do better with, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's always coming from a good place. All right. So we're on nutrition. What would you do? What would you, you know, Jen, what would you do if you just say you weren't happy with yourself and you wanted to maybe lose five to 10 pounds or a couple percent body fat or improve your health and fitness at the gym? What would you do? Uh, definitely lazy macros. Just easy peasy answer because I, I believe in it so much. It is 800 grams of fruits and vegetables and 0.7 gram, grams per pound of body weight of protein. And of course, there's a couple details in there, right? If you have more than 25 pounds to lose, that protein target is probably more based on your goal weight than it is on your actual weight. But I think people can achieve anything they want with those two simple things. I, I don't think we need to really, for most people, get into crazy um, counting and the minutia of nutrition. Um, it just covers so many bases and fills us up with so much good food that there's not much else needed. So if somebody was ready to work hard and, yeah. and put in the time and effort, mm-hmm. that's the one and only tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of our segment is sometimes it's hard to give that tip because mm-hmm. we don't know, you know, it's hard well, for us to give sometimes real, real honest advice. Because if someone's not gritty, yeah. like they could try it for one day and that will be it forever. And then, then the lazy macros gets a bad rep. And yes. Jen gets a, yeah, it's, it's, it's why I do like the, this is what I would do. You know, that is good advice. This is what I do do. This is what you do do. <laughs> Nutrition. Yeah. That's a great one. Who, how many answers am I allowed to give? To go off of Jen's again, if someone was asking me for advice, I would, I would make some very black and white let's call them like rules for how you want to eat moving forward. And I really like like the lazy macros I'm full on board with. So I love Jan's answer. So I'm not saying my answer is better. I'm just saying it's different because we didn't compare answers. But I'm also a big believer that people have a tough time with in moderation. Mm-hmm. Because if in moderation worked, then it would be working. So I think what we need to do sometimes is create some like strict rules for ourselves to kind of like guess forge this new path forward. So I'm I'm a big believer in real food, which everybody should be if they want to be be healthy. So I I think what we need to do first of all is we we gotta stop eating all, all the bad foods that we eat that are causing us to kind of derail our nutrition so i would my nutrition rules would be get all the junk food out of your house it should not be bought and stored it is too hard to eat healthy every day when there's just junk around cookies and ice cream and cakes and cereals and things like that so 
anything in your house that you don't want to be eating regularly should just not be in there. So I, I would take that step. I would focus all of your meals on meat, fruit, and vegetables. So every meal's main focus should be meat, fruit, and vegetables. There can still be a starch on the plate as well. We talk about that a lot. So there can still be a starch, but the main focus of those meals, like the majority of your plate, three quarters of your plate should be meat, fruit, vegetables every time. If there's not fruit, then I guess it's just vegetables. And if there's not vegetables, then I guess it's fruit. But meat and fruit or meat and vegetables, you can still have your starch on the plate as well. But if all of our meals were like that and we didn't have the junk food in our house, then I think we'd be doing quite well. And if you're doing that quite well, you should be moving towards the goal that you set out for. So what we find a lot of times is people express that they they want to lose weight. They express that they want to look better, feel better. They express they would like to lose body fat. But the habits that followed aren't in line with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like if you were truly, you know, if you were locked away in a dungeon and the dungeon master said, I will let you out once you've got your eating on track or lost your five pounds that you talk about. You know, we're also, we also believe in a healthy approach here, but I'm saying <laughs> we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be sitting in the dungeon drinking beer and snacking on cookies. We'd be like, all right, like, you know, if it was kind of like life or death, or we, would, we would start taking it a bit more serious. So I, I guess I believe if, if you're truly serious about you know, turning your life around or losing some body fat, then we would start cutting those things out of our life that are not serving us. So um, I'm all for a, a bowl of ice cream once a week. You know, maybe that's your black and white thing that, okay, I'm not going to buy ice cream and store it. But Sundays after supper, I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream. I just, I don't know, if mm-hmm. it's very black and white and intentional, I feel like we would do better. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've talked a lot about that the whatever it is gallon container of ice cream is a lot cheaper per scoop however there's a lot more to deal with and then not eat so even though the pints are way more expensive they get finished in you know you have half i have half and then they're done and gone and until the next time yeah so i would just i don't know i would be a little bit more ruthless with your rules for yourself on what you want to accomplish and how you're going to get there. And again, I'm, I'm not, I also made a post on this recently. I'm, I'm not a fan of severe calorie restriction. I'm a big fan of eating a lot of food, but we can only accomplish that if we mm-hmm. eat more meat, fruit, and vegetables. We can actually kind of eat more food with a lot less calories. So we're, we're, not, we're not starving ourselves. We're not undernourishing ourselves yes, and, and potatoes or vegetables we're not on some low carb nope he's not saying low, not saying low carb not saying no starch like yeah go to yeah. google and s- say you know look for a pdf on every fruit and vegetable ever there you can, there's your fruits and vegetables eat eat what you want in any portion but i'm saying if you would just focus more on meat fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. to always fill your belly and again that's not no carb right? Potatoes are carbs, vegetables, fruits are carbs. So we're, it's not no carb. It's not even low carb. Mm-hmm. 
again, you can still have rice on your plate. You can still have pasta on your plate. You could still have a burger with a bun, but I'm saying you got you to gotta eat more meat, fruit, and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Those has to be the main focus. And I would cut out all the junk. And when you start moving towards your goal with some, like, veracity, mm-hmm. then we could also, like, yeah, I'm not saying no alcohol for the rest of your life if that's not what you want to do. But if you're really looking to make a change. That's what I mean, like, yeah. We can't, we can't be eating pizza and Chinese yeah. food and pasta for dinner. We can't be doing all of these things and actually saying that we want to get healthier in that area. So I would, I would be a little bit more strict with yourself and kind of set some guidelines. And then you could always back off a little bit or just keep your, your favorite foods to maybe once a week, I guess. So, yeah, that's always a tough one. All right, last one, network. Whew. That one's a bit trickier, hey? I just went with my gut. Okay, go with your gut. All right, my gut says. And what is network? Let's have we defined that one before. We we're kind of talking about that before. So I guess network for us is lots of different areas, right? Mm-hmm. Like a supportive community of people around you. Your your support system is kind of what it is to me. Right, for sure. Yeah, I think about improving your support system and also improving yourself within that support system as far as. It's hard to have a positive support system if you're not a positive supporting person. Yes. So you actually sometimes have to, you want a good team surrounding you. You have to be a good teammate. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So part of it is being a good teammate. That's exactly the ideal team player. So. Yeah. And so I think like when I envision it, I think of, yeah, go with you your know, gut. I think, what, I think of family, I think of friends, I think of coworkers. Um, and just sort of extending those branches, not overextending them, not every single person you know and talk to is part of your support system. These are the people that, you know, if something went wrong in your life, you could call um, and, and ask for help or that have offered help or that you would help in an instant, right? I think that's kind of a defining role that you could, someone you could tell anything to um, and that they, you know, you know that they would have your back. And the, the, the thing that came to mind for me is that decide right now what friend you know you haven't seen in a while or what friend just fills your soul every time you hang out with them and in the next seven days not when you have time but sometime in the next seven days you make a plan and a date to meet them for coffee or for dinner or for you know whatever a visit at your house but it's not oh, we should get together sometime, you make the plan. Make the plan to see a friend and you just, you will never regret it. We always, myself included, you can talk yourself out of any commitment because we're all busy and we don't have enough time. But it is, when I look back at that five-year journal, you know, and I don't write in it every day, but the days that I visit a friend or have um, a girls' night, or we hang out with a couple that we um, that we really enjoy. That's always what's in there. Is that oh, what a great time, or like oh, my heart is so full. Um, and so, it's worth it. Make the plan. Get together. The time is worth it. Love it. Yeah, my brain went a few different ways, so I'm gonna try to download this info. You can help <laughs> me get through this, maybe, Jen. So that one was one where I was saying you should have just. Yeah, the almost pinpoint the people in your life that fill your bucket. You know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, just 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 find those people that that lift you up. 
but always, you know, and after you have your coffee for an hour, it, it, it replenishes your soul, mm-hmm. not drains it. So I like that one. I think like either, either got to do it weekly or every two weeks where you should be having, yeah, dinner, dinner with a friend or two or coffee with a friend or two. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that one. The other one, I guess that came to mind is anybody, if let's just say somebody is struggling with, they don't, they're just, they're, they're at ground zero, I suppose. Like, I, I just think you got to get out and try some new things. So it, it's good for you as far as grit goes, developing some extracurricular activities, some passions, but that's where we meet people like us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's, and again, I'm like, our gym is great for that. So let's go other examples from the but gym. But even, even at the gym, if you feel like you're at ground zero, you don't have a great support system or don't have a lot of people that you would, you know, call a friend. When there's a community event, your butt best be in the chair. <laughs> yes, that, that is a good point. Right. Just having people around you doesn't mean you have a good network. Yes. Right. Or like it just to your point saying if you're at ground zero and, you know, you're wanting to expand that network, then stepping out of your comfort zone and going to a community event where you have an opportunity to meet some of the people that you've been working out with. Um, because guess what? They, you have a common interest. You both like working. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a good point. Make more of an effort. Cause I was thinking just, you know, things like joining a, joining a choir, going to trivia nights, mm-hmm. Lego tournament I don't know like there's just there are so many things going around in Brandon like if Mm -hmm. you seek out things Mm there's there's so much going on you could join a a knitting group we see a what would what do we call that at H coffee like yeah embroidery yeah yeah there's so many different things out there so like it is very good for us and are good for our souls to have a good support system and it doesn't need to be right like our community of hundreds of people yeah, it's it's good to be part of that community, but to have a stronger like support system network mm-hmm. involves effort on your part. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my advice is you got to put in more effort and you got to get out there and yeah, you you got to figure out what you're interested in and if you're not sure then join an art class or like there's just lots of different ideas that you got to get out there and do. As far as the the reverse though of being a better team player um, I think I just think a big thing that I like to work on is radiating positivity. I feel like that is huge. People who are positive are like magnets to other positive people. So my my tips there are celebrate other people's awesomeness. Don't get stuck in your own, you know, poor me, this I feel like people get stuck in their own little bubble, but just be genuinely happy for other people and ask questions about their life. And, you know, cause I feel like when you become, you know, that really good friend who's radiating positivity, you start to get that back in return as well. So I think that's an important one. And I'm a big fan of the term compliment without hesitation. And that's just, I find that's just a great way we all know how we feel when someone gives us an awesome random compliment. So be the person who 
compliments without hesitation. If something pops into your head that's positive about someone or something they're doing or wearing, just just get used to kind of blurting it out. And I think it just it starts to brighten up your day because it's brightening up other people's days. And I think kind of being that type of person is going to, you know, bring people into your life that you need in your life. That's the end. Love it. Is that the end of the... That is WWJD. JD. Which also stands for what would Jesus do, but... In this case, it was Jen. It's what would Jen do? What would Zach do? We hope you, uh, I guess, fairly straightforward advice, I guess, a lot coming at you today, but... Have an awesome day, week, month, everybody, and we will chat with you again soon. 2024. Here we go. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate it. And huge shout out to the band Heat for their amazing music and for letting us use their music in this podcast. Have a great day, everyone.